Good morning, everybody. This is Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM and WeagleFM.com. If you're not, if you're listening outside of the Auburn area, I'm Alex Houston, as always, and I say that because it is Monday after all, and I'm always here on Mondays. If you've been tuning in over the past semester, you've probably noticed that too. So who knows why exactly I've chosen to start saying it now? But again, this is Compact Discourse on Weagle. Do I have any idea what we're going to talk about? No. Do I have any idea how I'm going to figure out how to talk about all this stuff? Whatever stuff I have for an hour without any guests. Honestly, no, I haven't figured that out either. But I'm going to give it my best shot. And happy holidays as you just listened to Walking into Winter Wonderland here on Weagle. Uh, I had to let that song play out. I didn't want to give you all a little taste of the Christmas before I completely took over. Because now I want to start talking about, you know. Things that are going on. It was a war damn finals cram last uh, night. I I didn't go because I I had some homework to do, which I guess seems a little contradictory. But if anybody went there, I mean, it looked like a lot lot of fun time, a lot of free food, a lot of really good looking breakfast, some ranchero bowls. I don't know. It was looking pretty good in my opinion. Kind of wish I had gone. Once Tiger Nine started posting the pics on Instagram, I got a little got got a little FOMO and so I had to go to Culver's. I don't I don't know about that one now. So I'm gonna say about that. But again, this is Compact Discourse on Weagle, 91.1 FM, traditionally our sports edition of the show, but a little bit more of a limited weekend in terms of college sports, obviously with the conference championships only going on, so about 10 to 12 games happening over the weekend compared to your usual 30 to 40, it almost seems like. NFL had its regular schedule. But we're going to talk first and foremost about some big news over the weekend. Deion Sanders goes to Colorado. And this situation seemingly gets stranger by the day, ladies and gentlemen. I think Colorado's AD said, um, I don't know where it's coming from, but we'll get it in reference to the money. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Either way, he said that basically implied that they don't have it right now, but he's sure that they're going to get it, which um, all I have to say to that is what? I don't really know how that works necessarily. How do you how do you just get the money? Do, do you not do you not have the money? How do you how do you sign a contract if you don't have the money? Anyway, we're not going to get into those gory gory details. If, if if you need some if you have some questions on that, why don't you go to the Hargrove Business School and just ask around there, and you'll find you'll find your answers where you're looking for them. But they they make that which I mean yeah. Why not? Colorado's been pretty lifeless for a while now. I mean, there one, there one like, hey, that might have been a pretty good hire was Mel Tucker, and he went five and seven in I think one year, and then immediately went to Michigan State, which that of course hiring has not exactly aged brilliantly thus far. He's only eighteen and fourteen in his career, or currently at Michigan State. He's eighteen and fourteen. Yeah, he went five and seven to Colorado, then two and five Michigan State, eleven and two last year, as we saw. But finishing third in the East, and then five and seven again this year. Again, not aging very well. So I get it. You know, that's a, that's a good splash hire that's going to create some enthusiasm, and also more importantly, 
generate the kind of buzz that Colorado's been looking for because they haven't really had that. But a <sighs> lot, lot of things to unpack here. Let's sort of go in sequential order here, right? So Deion Sanders, having been the head coach at Jackson State, he was hired there, I think it was three years ago. And again, this is this is primetime Deion Sanders. This is the cornerback for the Atlanta Falcons, Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, and unfortunately Washington Redskins among them. I, I don't like to remember that year when they signed Bruce Smith and them. In three years at Jackson State, four and three, eleven and two, and then twelve and zero this year. I don't know exactly what. Oh, they're playing they're playing North Carolina Central in the Celebration Bowl. And again, it's been it's been a huge, huge um year for Jackson State, playing in a lot of classics, getting college game day, playing Southern in the SWAC championship. It's been it's been a big year for them. And I mean you've got home games, three home games with at least fifty thousand at- attendance, which is huge numbers for Jackson State. He's done a lot of good things recruiting Travis Hunter, taking him basically from Florida State. He's done a lot of good things. 27 and 5 in his career and the SWAC, 19 and 2 overall in the conference. So he leaves, goes to Colorado, and in his postgame speech, talks about how you either elevated or terminated in this game, which basically also talked about how he didn't want to, you don't like die at a job, basically, which is not necessarily untrue. I don't, I don't really know about that one, but fair, fair enough, right? And he leaves, and there's a lot of anger and a lot of resentment over it, and a lot of people kind of trying to figure out where they stand in a lot of arguments because of the fact that basically, right, Dion, cl- more or less, according to a lot of people arguing against him, claimed that he was there to elevate SWAC, right, to elevate this brand, and instead he now moves on in three years, right? And people are like, oh, well, you know, would you turn down a $2,000 or 2,000% raise? No. But Dion himself said it's not about the money. He said God's going to take care of him as, as long as he takes care of them, I think is what, it was the quote that I had read last night. So a lot of people are angry. A lot of people feel like he kind of betrayed the message and got out the first chance he got out of the swack. And I see the merit there. I do. And Dion addressed himself. He said he people are acting like he's leaving black people behind. And he, he says that's not true. And I get the anger. I get the resentment. However, if I, if I may take a bit of a devil's advocate approach to this, right, helping... Swack helping HBCUs is a vital part of growing the game of college football. HBCUs have a lot of incredible history. They really do. I cannot even speak on HBCU culture, the HBCU game, because I, I just haven't studied it enough. I haven't even been to a game. I want to go. Really, I do. I do hope that one of these days I'm going to be able to go to a game and just experience the, the atmosphere and the environment there. I really do. But that that there's no doubt to that there's there's a lot of importance there and it's good that it's getting more attention in part but i think there's a lot of guys that talk you know the big talk for it and like people should go to H- like i remember carmelo said that people should go to hbcus instead of going to the big schools and i'm like you went to syracuse like it's not like hbcus were invented in the last 10 years 
Like, they, they were around in 2003, Carmelo. But anyway, so I get that. However, is it not equally as important to create opportunities for minority, specifically black head coaches, in major college football? Because I've talked about it at length. And we're going we're gonna to throw the Cadillac stuff in here, too, because if anybody here is listening that tweeted some of the things that I'm about to talk about, well, we'll get to that in a moment is all I'm going to say about that. So I get it, though, right? And do I think Dion is doing it for that reason? I don't know. I can't see inside Dion's head. I don't know what he's thinking. With and few people do tend to know what Dion's thinking at this point. That's part of his character. He's as unpredictable as there is. That's that's part of the gimmick, right? So I don't know what he's thinking there. But could that help? That I think so. Is it still a long way to go? Yes, because the facts of the matter is like if you're one major. Blackhead coach in the Power Five. And there there are many in Pac-12, but, like, for example, SEC has only had five blackhead coaches. I don't know what the Big Ten's numbers are, but I do know that I think 48% of all assistant coaches in college football are black, but the percentage of head coaches is much, much lower than that. So either way, is it going to help the cause in part? I think it could, and I think it should. But does it hurt that the one hire is Deion Sanders? Maybe. Right, you know, it's, it, it it is. I I do see the frustration there that, you know, in order to be a black head coach, you almost have to be this historically great player, right? Or you have to, you know, be a right. Like I mean, Cadillac, right? He's everybody loves Cadillac, but that would Auburn hire a guy that's just an experienced offensive coordinator that never played at Auburn? It's a question to be answered, isn't it? I I think it's a question to be answered, but again. I think there's something to be said that that could help the game expand and grow and help, you know, open up opportunities for other blackhead coaches in college football and elsewhere. Because as we know in the NFL, there's only four minority head coaches, only three blackhead coaches, despite the fact that about 70% of NFL players are black. That's a whole other debate. And actually, no, it all really links together, doesn't it? I think it does. I think that there's certainly the issues there. But again, does Dion help that cause, I I don't know. I think it could. I don't know if that's his intent, but I think it could. However, regardless of that, we all saw his introductory speech, introductory press conference, where he said the quarterback was his son. I'm like, that's bold. D- didn't know we were playing high school here. Kidding, kidding, obviously. Um, And then, of course, the meeting with the team where he basically told them, I'm bringing my own luggage with me, and it's Louie, he said. And then he told some of the players to transfer. Now, some people are saying, oh, well, he's talking about the guys that aren't at the meeting or whatever. I don't know. We'll certainly see. But that's Dion, you know, and that's Dion's style. And I think people that are surprised by that, I was a little surprised because that, that, that seemed rather aggressive. But... I think it makes it it it's Dion, right? It it is it is Dion Sanders, more or less. And I don't think that surprised me very much, just because that's that's who he is. Now, however, that that's an important caveat: is do do fans who really wanted Dion, did they want the whole package from the start in Auburn? I don't think they did. I really don't think they did, because Auburn is so transparently divisive 
and overreactive, reactionary in general. Remember that story about Harson making players take the elevator? Everyone freaked out about that. Lord knows what this fan base would have done um, if Auburn hires Dion and he makes that same speech because that's Dion's choice. If there's some scrubs on Auburn's team that he probably doesn't want, who knows? Dion would probably say, yeah. Is that right? No. Maybe maybe not. Who knows, right? But again, the question is, do fans want that? Did fans really want that? And I don't think they did. And I think that that that's the same arguments we can have about Auburn fan bases forever, about how fickle they can be. Like, you know, it's just it's just the way that I think it is for a while. But Deion Sanders goes to Colorado, a program with a lot of history, some national championship success, or near national championship success when they were back in the Big Eight many years ago in the 80s and 90s, and now trying to return to prominence. I mean, they make that splash. Is he going to work out? I don't know. Is Dion going to use this as a stepping stone? That's the thing is, if it does work out, how long does Dion stay at a Pac-12 school? The SEC is going to come calling eventually. Florida State might come calling eventually, as good as Mike Norvell was this year. If if Florida State thinks they can get Dion six, seven years from now, heck, five years from now, and Mike Norvell it has an okay year, do they pull the trigger? I mean, we've seen we just saw North Texas fire their seven and five head coach, I believe, who was in the who was in the Conference USA Championship. Anything can happen in the world of college football, and that's exactly why we're talking about it, everybody. Because it is a crazy time. And with that, and it being exam week, we'll be right back after this on Weagle 91.1 FM and WeagleFM.com. We are back here on Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM. Now, the music's very chill, but I am not going to be so chill, ladies and gentlemen, because there's something that I kind of wanted to get off my chest over the past weeks. I kind of withheld talking about it because I didn't want to, you know. I think there was, honestly, there was so much going on, and it happened as I went to Thanksgiving break. So by when the week had come to pass, it had already already taken place it had already gone and I then you know then they hired Hugh Freeze and there was so much to talk about there but I want to talk about in part what I was just talking about with Deion Sanders and the honest truth of it is do I think Auburn was ready to hire a black head coach I think Auburn should I think there should be no hiccup there no no cause for pause or cause for hesitation. But I, I say if Auburn is ready, and I mean is the fan base ready? And the truth is they should be, but unfortunately they are not. And I'm going to bring up two personal points here. The first is after the Western Kentucky game. And I'm not going to read the full quote here, but to summarize what Cadillac Williams said, and you've probably all seen it at one point or another on Twitter, he opens up with how proud he is of these seniors. It was the senior day game. How proud he was of this group of 24 going through so much. He talked about COVID. He mentioned head coaches changes. And he mentioned George Floyd. Now, 
There was a whole other controversy where Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer put the quote in full. Meanwhile, Justin Hokinson of Auburn Live on 3 and on 3 Sports took out the part where um, Cadillac mentioned George Floyd. And there, there's cases where when you're writing a quote, sometimes you just don't hear exactly what the coach says. So use a little ellipses and go on to the next point just because you still want to give people a sense of what's happening. But that's not what Hogan said. In fact, he admitted that he was wrong. for t- He thought he was worried about the reaction that would cause, so he took out the name George Floyd. And Hokinson got, got taken to the cleaners on that one, and there, there, in my opinion, is no debate on you should put the truth of the quote regardless of reaction, and that I'm, I'm going to leave that at that. We're not here to talk about that, truthfully. I'm not here to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that, right? But in fairness to Hokinson, Right, he was correct about there being a very negative reaction because Justin Ferguson's tweet was filled with responses from people, and I'm just going to try and pull up a couple and read them off to you because this is what I mean when is Auburn ready? I think Auburn should be ready. Heck, I think there there's no need to be ready. You should hire the who is the best person for the job regardless of anything, and there should be no hang up because someone is not a white head coach. That much. I think we may all agree with, I hope, right? But as I, the point is, is that this reaction was an absolutely laughable um, thing. I mean, first you got some guy tweeting, I definitely don't want him, as in Cadillac, as our next head coach. Uh, some guy said, George Floyd, man, I'm out after this. Then, he sa- then somebody sarcastically said, if you don't hire this true Auburn's man, you are for sure horribly racist. Then, I mean, I'm just scrolling through, and some guy says, what does George Floyd have to do with anything? And that that's a big hang-up, right? As a lot of people mention that, maybe just for a moment, imagine that during one of the most tense times in recent American history, a team that is made up of majority young African-American men were affected by that. Just maybe for a second. Think about that. To, to the people that, that allowed these criticisms at Cadillac for making that statement. Just think about that for a moment and realize that, hmm, maybe, just maybe, anybody criticizing Cadillac for saying that is not really thinking because th- common sense alone tells you that. And more importantly, again, like really, that, that, that simple statement is is enough to just I I can't have him as my coach now because he he dared to say common sense fact just absolutely ridiculous and again goes further to after the iron bowl Cadillac was asked about as he has many times he has talked about it many times again this is this is where it gets very frustrating because if anybody that criticizes Cadillac for these things bothered to pay attention they would know that Cadillac being the first black head coach in Auburn football history is a very important thing to him. It is a it is a very critical part of what he talks about in his post in his press conferences. He has mentioned it and brought it up because people have asked him about it because we know how significant it is because we understand and have common sense. So after after the Iron Bowl, Cadillac talks about being the first African American head coach in Iron Bowl history between Alabama and Auburn, both first one. And he said something along the lines of, well, I, uh, 
he talked about how it really didn't hit him sometimes and then how Afri- young African-American men don't really dream of being in this position, which is not to say they don't want to be head coach. It's to more of a commentary on the reality that they face. Again, you got four out of 32 head coaches are minorities in the NFL, only three out of 30 or four out of 32. And then three out of 32 are black. Again, same only five black head coaches in the history of the SEC. None at Auburn and none at Alabama. I don't believe any at Georgia. I believe it was all. Let me look up the stats right here. And again, people reacted. Right? People said that he was playing the race card. And again, it's this kind of blind, blind, um, Hatred, truly, is how I will describe it. And and it's what frustrates me a lot because, more importantly, it's not like Cadillac was saying anything to make a true statement there anyway. Because, honestly, Cadillac is just a genuine person. He, he's not, he's not going to say anything to get some sort of reaction out of people. He just is who he is. He just speaks from the heart, and that's why people love him so much. That's why his players love him so much. That's why fans just gravitated to him in Moss after after that first Mississippi State game because he is so genuine and so just honestly emotional. And that's not saying honestly pause, he's emotional. Like he just he doesn't hold back his emotion when he's up there talking about the game or talking about his team. He's gonna wear his emotions on his sleeve, which is a breath of fresh air in the coaching game. It's not exactly the most commonplace thing. So again, it's not it's the fact that he says the bare minimum, right? He says what, in my opinion, are two unobstru- undebatable facts that, again, one of the most contentious times between in America over the last 20 years, being the entire summer after George Floyd's death, all of that, was a tense time for his team and a difficult time. Duh. Like, wh- what do you think? What do you want him to say? Well, oh, they, you know, tough things that, well, they lost a few football games. Like, that's the only thing that matters. He has gone, on, at, he has also gone at length to talk about how some of these seniors are never going to play football again. They're not going to make it to the NFL. They're not going to make it professionally. So, yeah, what happened in their college days in their final stretch of football definitely affected them. And more importantly, isn't it about more than just a game? I think it is. I think to strip football down to the bare bones is a disservice to the game and a disservice to the players that play the game that everybody loves watching so much. And it was just, I just want to talk about this because, to be honest, I was really agitated by it afterwards because it just showed a level of ignorance, a level of blind ignorance that knows no bounds. Because again, as I said, if you paid attention to Cadillac, if you bothered to really listen to what he said in previous weeks, then what he said after Western Kentucky and what he said after Alabama made complete and total sense. That's number one. And number two, even if you didn't, even if it caught you by surprise, and I'll admit, even though I listened to him when he when he when he brought up George Floyd, I kind of raised my eyebrow because I was like, "Wow, that 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 takes 
honestly, it's because I thought that takes guts for a man coaching at the at Auburn University in the middle of Alabama to say. And I was impressed with it. And honestly, I was like, that's I think that was a good thing to say on his part. And again, I think he was right. Because I I think he was in mentioning all of it. I'm not gonna have to keep explaining common sense here. But I just want to talk about this because it was very frustrating and it it leads me to worry another thing. Again, you know, Cadillac's not going to change from saying that stuff, right? He's not. And he shouldn't because, one, that's well within his right. And number two, I think he was right. But it just I just worry when he becomes head coach, the reaction he's going to receive. And not as like, oh, Auburn shouldn't hire him because of the reaction people. Auburn should not care about the reaction, but just for his sake. You know what I mean? Because what he's going to have to deal with because – Again, he's not going to change, and I fear those fans that react to that way aren't going to change either. I, I really, I really don't, and that's that's the worst part of it. That's the worst part of it. Is that I, I think I think he's going to be subject to very negative reaction. People that claim to be ready for that or claim they want that, but they only want a coach that falls in line with what they want. That's what those kind of people on Twitter. Spewing that stuff. Really want. Doesn't really matter to them about anything else. You know, winning's the only thing that matters. Well, unless 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 the coach steps out of line is what they'd probably say at this point. And and that 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 frustrates me a lot. And again, was Cadillac not ready to be a head coach this offseason? No. Probably not. He's never been a head coach. His biggest position has been a running backs coach. And then interim head coach, people keep bringing up the comparison of Dabo Sweeney, and that's fair. Does Auburn have the time to get that Clemson gave Dabo? I don't honestly know. I don't honestly know. But more importantly, will Auburn hire Cadillac if he is ready? Will Auburn make that choice? I I don't know, unfortunately, because I don't know what kind of crazy hangups there are. But we've seen very qualified individuals – not get jobs in the NFL and in college football for reasons that are unjustified beyond beyond words almost. And it and it, it begs the question of could that same situation happen? I don't know. And that's the last one to talk about it because I don't want to keep talking about something that could be five, ten years down the line. But I just wanted to address this because it was something that I didn't get a chance to talk about. But again, to all the Auburn fans that wanted Dion, to all the Auburn fans that said they wanted Cadillac. Did they really? I I, ha, I have to ask that question to a lot of people that said one thing and then spewed another or said one thing and then changed their mind because Cadillac stated basic facts. And with that, guys, we're going to go to a commercial break here, or PSA break, excuse me, on Weagle 91.1 FM, WeagleFM.com. After this, we're going to actually talk about what happened in college football over at the break. And then maybe, maybe some Christmas talk? Who knows? Anything can happen here on Weagle. Back here on Weagle 91.1 FM. This is Compact Discourse. Sorry about those technical difficulties over the PSA break. Got some issues with the array. I'll try and sort those out as best I can. 
after the show, of course, because I don't want to interrupt any of our content right now because we got a lot of fun things to talk about. And speaking of everybody, I think it's time for the college football scoreboard, don't you? Oh, could it be? Could it be? I have turned on his mic. Could it be, everybody? I think Davis Carroll is back. The return of the king, as it were. Who knows? I, I told you one of these days I'd be back. And you picked exam week. I, I didn't guess well, that. Well, I just, I just got out of the exam. Oh, how'd it go? That was a short one, though. Oh, it's only 25 questions. It's, that's all his exams are that. I have oh. another one of them today. Uh, it was okay. okay. He, he curves them, and you get half credit if you write the reason you chose the answer. So mm, That'd be fun if I could just be like, oh, I chose this. I don't know if it's right, but I, f- I feel pretty but Yeah, confident. like, because like, it's not easy. So it was federal Indian law. So like Federal Indian law? That Ooh. is the correct term for it, technically. Which I don't you really use that term. Yeah, not many people do use that term that's, anymore. That's the that's the that's the name of the class. So it so it so it is. Interesting. Well, I was gonna talk about college football, but now Davis, you're here. New, whole wild card. What are, what are we gonna talk about now, Davis? Uh, well, you can start on college football, or I can just teach you about federal Indian law, federal native law, whatever you want to call it. You know, I, Davis, I can just start going crazy. I, th- I think also we- have federal jurisdiction later today. Interesting. You know, I think we can go right we in the middle there, Davis. <laughs> I. I to, respectfully, I, I don't know if I could sit through that uh, over over the airwaves either. But it's actually really interesting. You have to explain to me uh, at a later show. date. At a later date, indeed. Yes. So, Davis, I guess the question is, what is your exam schedule looking like this week? So I have another. I have the same teacher for another exam at twelve today, and he was giving me the option to just not take it because, like, it's not easy. But I was like, I just want to go and get it over with. So I'm going to go ahead and take it tomorrow at four. I have tort. Tort law. Tort law, which is what? So a tort is any intentional or unintentional wronging, basically. So like negligence is an intentional tort. Or no, yeah, it's just kind of like if I wrong you and you want to sue me in a civil court, that's a tort. Okay. Interesting. So like if I punch you in the face, you're like, I'm suing Davis for assault and battery. Those are torts. Okay. Negligence, I can't remember if that's intentional or not. Well, because there can be unintentional negligence. Yeah, because like kind of it, both. Well, because like I feel I thought this is my very loose understanding is that you can like sue for basic negligence, but then there's something called criminal negligence, which is like a step above. I don't remember the. the that's the, gonna go to a criminal court. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. This is all civil stuff for this. Right. One. Okay. 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 That sounds fun. Any others then after Tuesday? Or are you done? Then no. Oh. Oh. Then Wednesday I have constitutional law. Civil liberties, which I'm gonna start writing on that whiteboard in there for Ooh, nice. later it all, today. It looks all clean. So it looks like I have some space. I'm gonna have a lot of writing to do. Fun. And then after that, I'll have symbolic logic on Thursday, which is probably the hardest one. And somehow, in the middle of that, you got to watch all landed whiplash. Somehow. Somehow. And somehow. Someway. I will get it done too. Excellent. That's right, guys, because we're doing our last through the lens episode of the semester. Sad face. Uh, on Wild Land and Whiplash, Damien Chazelle. He's just that guy. He's made two incredible movies. And also kind of anticipating Babylon will be the kind of the theme of that episode. Josh Wilbur's going to join us on that episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, Davis, then, I guess, you know, everybody has their different studying philosophies. I remember one of my teachers set in elementary school was like, your best way to study is to study for 15 minutes, take a 15-minute break, and then study for 15 minutes again. What's your kind of way to study? What's your go-to? Um, so I'm not a huge studier. Like, mm. I, obviously, I I study. You have college. to. Yeah, like, we... you can't get by without, like, high school, I could just not study yeah. and do fine. That was because it was high school. But now, like, you obviously have to study. I'd say I kind of do, like, the 15-minute thing, but I don't have it, like, regimented like that. I just kind of work, 
until I feel like I understand a concept. You can, you like you know when your brain you can't do anymore when you need a break. Yeah, when you just can feel the just it's starting to wear wear like, on you. Yeah, like you you know when it's time to hang it up. Like you can look on your phone for a minute. <laughs> when it's time to hang it. Up. Um, I do get really distracted. Just like my phone will buzz and I'll like check it and then without even knowing I'll be on like Twitter. Yep. Like just it muscle every memory. Time, man. It's, it's really a problem. It is. It's dangerous. The last night I was grinding it out. I got I studied for both my tests today last night. I could have. I feel like I could have done better on the one I just took, but I mean, I wrote. I was writing why I chose everything. So, so and he curves it. So, hey, I mean, well, he's I a mean, cool teacher. He's a really cool have, teacher. Have you done the grade calculations? What do you What do you need? I got a ninety-seven on the midterm. So, I mean, no, but like, what do you What do you need class-wise? I don't remember. <gasps> You're not a big fan of the calculations. I don't do. I it. obsess over those. I just kind of. I just kind of go go in and wing it. It'd probably be healthier if I just went in and went and you know. Like I'm not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm not gonna worry about. Oh, I need a ninety-two here. Like I'm gonna take it because whatever. I'm gonna like. Me knowing I have to get a 92, that's not going to make me suddenly get a 92. Yeah. Right? Okay, that makes sense. Interesting. I don't, I never have any exams anymore, so I don't really. I, I do for all these my, law classes. Mine's just like write a paper. And I'm like, yeah, oh. that's how I, I was like last semester. I'm good at writing those. I can knock those papers out like it's my job. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, as, as of I, like it's. It, there how, was, how do you write your papers? Um, what do you mean? Like. So I, I've never been an outline guy. A lot no, of people, dude. like I remember- re- Sometimes I will, depending Research on the paper, paper classes in high school, they're like, guys, build your outline. I don't really build don't. an outline unless my topic's going to converge. I like to write it down if I get a lot of ideas very suddenly because I don't want to forget them. Like if my topic is, like today, like my paper yesterday was about declining attendance in college football and like mm-hmm. why that's happening. And I was like, okay, I want to write down every thought I have because it is a very complicated issue. So I kind of just wrote it down. But then from there, I just kind of- just write until, and that's just repetition. Like, I know it's funny because Megan, she actually was my research paper editor in high school for that class with Miss Johnston, and she's like, "Alex, I've read your new stuff. You were a terrible writer back then." And I was like, "Oh, thanks. D- didn't know that. Feeling good." Do you have like a unique way of writing, or is it just like the? I mean, I- I'll write. I I do have a interesting. The way I write yeah. is how I talk. Okay, yeah, so I, it depends. And I write really long sentences. Like, so long when we were looking over our um, con, our moot court paper, one of them was like, yeah, you sound like a lawyer writing this. From just, just no, I mean, like, just like, just how long my Fancy. sentences are. Like, I like, I like the clause, like, you do the comma, you have another clause in there. I love parentheses, too. I don't do those as often for the law papers, so. though. So I used to have um, a really big issue with really short sentences. Like, I would just do subject, verb, minor, subject, verb. But, but since. So I I kind of will depend it will depend sometimes I'll speak I like write really informally and other times I will like sort of just write like I'm a researcher of such Mine's things. always formal when I write. Interesting, but you don't talk formal. It's like I it like you can tell it's I don't know from to me like I can tell I wrote it cuz obviously I wrote it but if you read it like it has like my same like Interesting. Like I, a lot of the words I use will come up again like the the hmm. flow of the sentences I feel like are pretty me, but like, it's all, I always write it. I, I, I usually avoid using like personal pronouns. Okay. Yeah. No, I, no, I, I, won't, I won't ever use that's like, that's like the big no no in uh, journalism. Actually, that's the one of the things they taught us is you never address the reader as well. But I remember last semester, I had ethical theory and we were writing, uh, we had to write a paper about utilitarianism. Ooh. And the idea of the paper was you're supposed to like the, the arguments that came up. You're supposed to like break them down. You're supposed to prove that utilitarianism was invalid based on like the arguments that were set up right. by John Stuart Mills. But I just like I misunderstood the prompt. 
So I wrote like a seven-page paper about why utilitarianism was wrong. Oh. And it was a good paper. I just want to say. But the teacher said. But the teacher's like, hey, you misunderstood the prompt. So I had to rewrite it all. Wait, I remember that actually. I think I remember you you talking about that. I was not. I was not. I was mad at myself. I wasn't mad at the teacher because obviously it's my fault. But like, so wait, the prompt was asking you to. So like you, you like you you prove an argument's invalid by looking at like the prompts like one two three. Okay. And you're like, oh well, three contradicts two, so that's an invalid argument. But I was just like, the idea of utilitarianism itself is okay. self is dumb. Huh. It was a good, really. Good, I'm like, sure. One of one of our group members read it. He's like. It's actually really good, but you did too bad, it wrong. Too bad you missed it way, way wide I'm to trying to. Right. I'm going to see if I can find a little bit of my paper, uh, of, of a paper so you can hear I write. I know this is just riveting for the people driving. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking, hey, we're talking about exam stuff. That's true. It's, it's exam week after all. Everybody, everybody has very different techniques. I. Oh, I do. I, I've been using some. Still to this day, use Quizlet. I love, I, I love, no, car, no cards are, what? Yeah. Well, I haven't used it in a while because my classes haven't demanded such things. To use, like, the learn feature, you have to have Quizlet Plus or whatever. And I get it. You got to make money, I guess. But that's a little frustrating. That's that's a little difficult. You know, we actually, uh, we talked about that in part um, because there was somebody who, uh, in our technology and culture class with Dr. Uh, George Plaskates, who was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Did I mention that, Davis? You did not. Yeah, my, my uh, teacher um, was a starting defensive end on the Ole Miss Rebels and were the only team to beat Notre Dame during their national championship season in 1977. And then he was drafted by the Green Bay Packers in round seven of the draft. So that was pretty cool. But we talked about how, like, basically how people don't do, like, written note cards anymore and how Quizlet changed anything. And it reminded me kind of how McGill just sort of threw those iPads in our hands without thinking about it. And then, like, a month later, like, guys, we gave – these students' iPads without restrictions, and now they're just playing games in class. How'd that happen? I'm like, did they not think that through? Because I didn't think about that until that class, but it was just interesting. But it is interesting how it all changed. Like, I mean, now people are like, print something out, and I'm like, where's a printer? Where do I even start? Mm. I got to go find one of those weird printers in the library that sometimes works. They are weird. Would you not, like, they don't connect. Would go you like ahead. to hear a quick sentence? Uh, or we could okay. hear more about it after the commercial break. Maybe? Yeah, go ahead and play a, yeah, we'll play a commercial. Let's play some PSAs. This is Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM, along with Davis Carroll. I know, such surprise. And we'll be back right after this. This is Weagle 91.1 FM, WeagleFM.com, and this is Compact Discourse with Davis Carroll giving us riveting discussions on utilitarianism. I could I could find that paper and destroy well, you're gonna, it. You, I thought you were going to read I have a sentence. different paper. Oh, a different paper. paper. Moot court paper that somebody said you were very lawyer-like. It's just, yeah, because how long my, like, you'll hear. Give us an example. <clears throat> Without the protection of Section 230 on their side, that leaves Google vulnerable to liability claims on the part of Gonzalez, which this council intends to seek out. We were the council. Mm. 
Google promoted and continued to choose to promote terrorist videos throughout their algorithm and therein contributed to spreading the message of these terrorist groups. For this, Google is a sponsor. Whether they agree with the views or not, they have knowingly aided and abetted terrorists and should be held liable as such. If corporations are allowed to promote any videos or views they wish and get away with it through the loophole of Section 230, it would set a dangerous precedent going forward. This is why Gonzalez asked the court to find Google liable. By making the example of Google, other corporations following similar avenues of promotion will be deterred from doing such a thing. Is that a true? Well, that was the argument we were making. Okay, interesting. That's not a very lawyer. You said when you said as such, I was like, ooh. We got two forty-five out of two fifty-five on the paper. Very nice, very nice. That's a good score. Ninety-six, I think it was. Yeah, that checks out. My 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 internal head math says yes. We did we did good on the paper, and then we also did good in oral arguments. It worked out well for us. Uh, Gonzalez actually won the case for the new court. Interesting. So we won. Pretty big. I remember after Compact Discourse one day, I, I nearly bothered you during your moot court practice. You did, yes. Sorry, I it's didn't know, fine. That I didn't was, know how intense that, it was. That was moot court. Why what do you mean? That, that wasn't. Like, right after that, we went up there I and know, did moot court. Sounds fun. Yeah. Didn't, did, weren't, you, weren't you dressed up as a judge during moot court one time? That was last year All when right. I was Justice Breyer. Which is the guy who's retired. just retired from the Supreme yes. Court, right? Can you, okay. can you name all the Supreme Court members, Alex? Uh... There's yeah. nine of them. I I can give it my best shot. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if you can get it. Okay, call, hey, call so, in if, no. you, if Alex gets it wrong. Three three four eight four four nine three forty five. See if you can name the others. Okay, so let's see. There's Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. Gorsuch, and Amy Coney Barrett. Those are all the three easiest because they're recent. Yes. Then there's well, that, there's one more. Oh, and Katanji Brown Jackson. Yes. Then there is Kagan, Sotomayor, Sotomayor, Sotomayor. Sorry, um, uh, Roberts. Mm-hmm. Who's Roberts is the Chief Justice. I, Chief I know Justice. that much. I, I want you to make sure. I, I, two I'm, more. Yeah, two more. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, the most annoying two. Oh wait, Clarence Thomas, <laughs> and the other annoying one, Samuel Alito. What does Alito do? He, he he's seem, also very annoying. He doesn't seem as in the public eyes. Other. Well, people. he's not, but he's he's very annoying. Okay. He, like every after the ev- like every year after the Alito's the one I always forget. The term's done, he'll like go talk at Bama and he'll be like, "Oh yeah, we're you know, we're protecting whatever whatever." And he's just, I don't know. Just every time like, the Supreme Court makes me mad, I just watch the videos of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Tenet Scalia making jokes and I'm like, "There we go. Life was simpler back then, for whatever it's worth." One could say. Hey man, I don't know. Madness in the streets. That's all I'm gonna say about that. You know, I don't know if you were tuning in Davis. Um, were you tuning in earlier? Well, I was in a test earlier. Oh, right. If you recall, I'm I'm stupid. Uh, I spent I spent a significant moment talking about um, Cadillac actually, mm-hmm. and just kind of wanted to pick your brain on it. I said that because it, it was so I talked about Dion going to Colorado because obviously a lot came out of that. A lot of people are very mad at him for leaving the HBCUs. And did you talk about the speech he gave? I yeah, I was like that, ah. but I also said that's Dion yeah, and people people that, that people that wanted Dion. That, like he would have said if he came to Auburn, I'm sure he would have said that. that like said respect, that same thing. respectfully, some players mature out of their playing days of being, you know, a, a superstar. Like I think, I think Shaq is kind of well. Sort of, sometimes Shaq hasn't, Shaq's, right? Shaq has fun. But Dion is the same pl- person he was when he was on Dallas and San Francisco and Atlanta. Like he just is. That's why everybody likes him because he's one of the most charismatic people that is mm-hmm. in sports. I think that's all true. But what I said is. And this this was referenced to two things that Cadillac said after Western Kentucky and after Alabama, mm-hmm. where he said he mentioned George Floyd after because uh, he talked about all the things his senior class had been through, and he got a very negative reaction. From people, I read off some of the tweets, and then he mentioned what it was like to be the first African American head coach in the Iron Bowl ever. And he was like, to be honest, 
us African-American young men don't really think about that and yeah. the negative reaction he got there. And I said, respectfully, I don't think Auburn fans were ready for Cadillac. And they should be, but like they say they are until what? Until they say something that they don't agree with. And all. I mean, there are people that are like, I'm out on Cadillac now. I'm like, because he said what? Common sense? He existed as a black man in America? You know, it's just, I, I, I got on my soapbox 15 minutes and basically just went on yeah. a tirade. Because I think, I I'm think sure I would have agreed with you on I think, that. I think it's completely ridiculous. And I think it's just, it's just we very Auburn doesn't deserve Cadillac. It's, 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 very, it's, very, it's very frustrating because cause I talked about like, well, because people argued a lot as well. Dion's abandoning the HBCUs and immediately left the first chance he got. And my, my counterpoint to that was, well, does Dion getting a Power 5 job open up an opportunity for more blackhead coaches? Because the SEC has only had five, mm-hmm. ever. Auburn's not had one. Alabama's not had one. I don't believe Georgia or Florida has had one. That that could be wrong. I, I, I could have sworn the only teams was like Mississippi State and maybe Vanderbilt. Obviously, Vanderbilt's had two mm-hmm. in recent memory. But I... I wondered, what do you think about that? Do you think that opens the door, or do you think it doesn't really because it's just Dion? Like, he's not he's not your average coordinator. He's Dion Sanders, so it doesn't change anything. It's a, t- it's a tough question. I mean, it's an issue in general because I, I read a whole book about this, yeah. about how there's a right, major right. discrepancy with hiring black coaches. 68% or 48% of all assistant coaches in football and college football, I believe, are black, but the head coach percentage is – Around ten to fifteen percent. It's it's, it's appalling. Might, might not even be that. I mean, there's so many coaches just in the NFL alone that black coaches get like half the chances, and they have to do twice as good if they don't want to get fired. Like Eric Bieniemy has not been hired as a head coach yet, and he's has he's been running the best offense and helped running the best offense in yeah. the in the NFL for the past like five years. And even if you think he, but is, Josh McDaniels is currently head coach of the Raiders, and he's for the second borderline time. incompetent. Matt Patricia was borderline incompetent. And even if you think Biennemi has works with Andy Reid and the Andy Reid is a lot of the brain behind the operation, Belichick has had a hundred different coaches get hired just because he was near them. Like you remember Jim Caldwell got fired from the Lions when he went like nine and seven or something. Yeah. And then they hired Matt Patricia, who terrible. Never got the team back to that. And then also, uh, Jeff Fisher was going seven and nine for like ten years in a row and he never got he was never on the hot seat until the last year. That's I think David. It's should, there's so many examples. It's just it's, and I'm sure that the book I read was focusing exclusively on the NFL, yeah, which has a major problem with not only uh, coaches but quarterbacks as well. Certainly, with like Geno Smith, you know. But I'm sure college is since there's so many more schools, it's just so much worse. I think you you really just hit the nail right on the head, Davis. I'm glad I, I wanted to bring that up because I know you would have certainly a thought on it. And I certainly did. As always. I can't and wait to eat my chicken biscuit. And ooh, it's gonna be it's gonna be very good. And that'll be our final compact discourse of the semester, at least for me. I think Logan may be returning to his show tomorrow. Who knows? But we thank you for joining us and wish you good luck on exam week and happy holidays to all. This is what season is all about. Enjoy some time with the family, going home, go on vacation, whatever it is. Take that break. Relax. Might be some big news for Compact Discourse next semester. Might be, who knows? Could be Davis Carroll related, but we'll have to find out then. But again. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all next semester.